Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Final hour of the program, Jimmy B and TC will take you up until 3 o'clock this afternoon here on the Big Talkers 1700. Let's get out right now to the Draft House 50 hotline. Old friend of the program, Dan Rubenstein, you hear him on the Solid Verbal Podcast talking college football and uh, sometimes during the summer months a little bit more. He joins us right now. Dan, what's going on? Not too much. The sun came out in New York. I am in a better mood and ready to enjoy some late spring, early summer. Absolutely. It sounds good there. Now, before we delve into some football, we want to talk here, our local scene in the state of Iowa, and then kind of expand from there. Uh, Last week on the Solid Verbal podcast, you guys delved into bathroom etiquette. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Take us in inside for people that haven't heard it yet. Uh, exactly what you guys do during the summer months when there isn't a whole lot of football news to get into. Listen, we're all about connecting as humans, and bathroom etiquette is just one little example of what we like to talk about. We like to open things up. We like to be honest. And, you know, bathroom etiquette perhaps is one of those things that people don't discuss that should discuss more. Should we be talking on the phone while inside of a stall? I say no. I say be respectful. How do we know if somebody has died in the bathroom? I don't know. We have to get to the bottom of these issues. So it's all about, you know, everybody loves college football, but that doesn't mean we also can't connect as human beings. I've seen guys, the phone rings, and they're standing there at the urinal, try to answer their phone, and it flips out of their hand and falls in the in the urinal. It's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, that should be a time between you and your body. And there you go. That's, that's, that's a you collect your thoughts. You know, sort of plan out the rest of your day. What am I going to have for lunch? That's a, that's a moment where you can really get to the bottom of things in your brain. What did I just have for lunch? <laughs> this is great. I cannot believe we're having this discussion oh, on Jimmy the show. B, you don't know the half of it. it oh. These guys, Dan and Ty, they're so much fun. The college football content is great. They're also my age range. They're guys now into their 30s. They're, you know, living similar experiences. You're trying to tell me something here? Well, yeah, you're old. I mean, that's, that's easy enough. But Jesus, Dan, come to my rescue, will you, Dan? I'm telling you, it, it is so much fun for, uh, to listen to you guys and, and what you guys bring up and what you come up with. Uh, how did it ever come together? I, you guys have been together for a number of years. I've listened to the podcast sure. now, oh, probably five or six years. How did you two wow. come together? Because I know... It's not like you were buddies or anything like that. Tell us the the genesis of the Solid Verbal Podcast. Sure. So Ty and I, this was way back when. It was about 2008, I believe. And we're actually going to do an episode about our history. We're, we're going to look at our own navels and really become really self-important about ourselves. <laughs> but um, in, in 2008, Ty and I were both working for SI.com, for Sports Illustrated. I was doing video stuff and traveling and doing videos, and Ty was writing si.com and we had just sort of started emailing about college football stuff and he was super into av stuff into audio stuff and it was the sort of birth of podcasting and we realized that we were both covering college football we both sort of enjoyed podcasting but a college football podcast didn't exist really uh that we could find so we just said you know sort of screw it let's see if we can mess around and make a college football podcast and we started in 2008 we didn't actually meet until 2010 in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was sort of our digital audio when Harry met Sally at, a, at the Texas-Nebraska <laughs> game in 2010 is where we actually physically met for the first time. I was in L.A., and he was and still is in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So 
from that point on, we just kept growing and we kept sort of convincing people to come on, friends and media, coaches finally started coming on. And we've grown to a point where it's something that we're actually profitable doing and can have fun doing every week all year. It's awesome. It's a great podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a fun listen. And, and you actually get content out of it. You guys also do love your football, even though you got the weird connection uh, with Ty, <laughs> both a Penn State and Notre Dame fan, grew up a Notre Dame fan, yep. went to Penn State. And you out with the Ducks. It was, uh, well, taking the Penn State angle away, pretty crappier year for you guys in the Solid Verbal Podcast. Four and eight was the chant. Yeah, and it's rough because I I mean, I mean, take more pleasure out of Oregon being good than Notre Dame being not that good, mm-hmm. but it was rough to be slumming it with Notre Dame fans this year. It was not <laughs> my favorite thing. Um, after so many consecutive years of just dominant, especially offensive play, but you know, every year Chip Kelly was there, they go to mm-hmm. a BCS game, they go to the national championship, they win a Heisman, and just the fall was just out of nowhere, because if you remember the 2015 season with Vernon Adams, they were a couple of games away from perhaps going back to the playoffs. Yeah, if, if, broke if correctly Vernon, yeah, Vernon Adams doesn't get hurt and, and misses those few games, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, to go from that high to, to 2016 where everything just fell apart, in retrospect, you can point to recruiting and how that just sort of fell off the map and poor coaching hires and then, um, you know, hiring the linebackers coach to be the defensive coordinator in 2014. Uh, it, it, there are things that you can point to, but it, it's rare to see a program that goes from such a high level to just absurdly bad. So that was, that was a rough year. Let's come local. And, yeah, uh, let's, yeah. let's start with the Hawkeyes. You guys a couple years ago had a lot of fun, as you coined the phrase, talking your kids about an undefeated Iowa it didn't end up, mm-hmm. end up undefeated that year during the regular season and lost by inches to Michigan State in the Big Ten title game. But uh, the Hawkeyes lose plenty. Uh, question marks were made at wide receiver seemingly every year, it seems like, at this point. New offensive coordinator, new passing game, you would hope, uh, moving on from the god-awful Greg Davis regime. And uh, hopefully some positive signs there. Still, when you look at the Hawkeyes, boy, for as much fun as you made fun of the schedule two years ago, it's a bear this year when you look at all 12 games and what they have with the crossovers with Penn State, with Ohio State, with Michigan State from the East. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And what Iowa did to finish their year last year is sort of, well, I guess in the, uh, in the regular season, is sort of one of the stories that's undertold with how well the defense played against, in particular, Michigan and Nebraska. And this year, not great, although they do miss Michigan, but it's probably not the best year to miss Michigan because they are going through some changes themselves, especially defensively. But, uh, yeah, Iowa getting a, a Wyoming team that has a top quarterback first week of the year, going two aims for a promising, at least, Iowa State offense. Uh, they get Penn State, uh, Ohio State both at home, but it doesn't really look like there are outside of maybe Illinois, and we have no concept of what Purdue is going to look like by the end of the year, but it doesn't look like there are weeks off. North Texas has even improved a lot. So uh, Iowa is going to be one of those teams. I think they're going to be defined by consistency on defense and whatever happens with the quarterback battle. You know, it's uh, interesting to me that with the problems that Iowa's having, the court case and maybe another court case on the way, that the football, at least talking about football right now, has been kind of slid to the back burner. And then mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you have a quarterback battle that apparently came out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. maybe that will at least 
change the topic of conversation from the courtroom to at least the football field uh, maybe once we get into August. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a long summer, and for people that miss college football and talking about the stuff that happens on the field, um, it, it's sort of a, a welcome respite. But, yeah, I, I think – you know, with the number of questions that I was going to have on offense, at least it's a it's a conversation that will that will go deep into the summer and fall. Let's go north uh, up to Iowa State. We were talking earlier. Uh, we heard uh, some reports that the opening line and the over unders from Vegas that Iowa State, at least at CG Technologies, they're going to open up the Cyclones over under at five and a half. It has been over the last three four years, two and a half a couple of years, three and a half has been the high water mark. Uh, how much of a surprise has that hit you with, Dan, that Iowa State, at least in Vegas, they're going to have that win total at 5.5? It's a little bit of a surprise, but if you remember last year, they, they were a team to find, and this is what our pal Bill Connolly at SB Nation was writing about in his Iowa State preview. It's, there was a team defined by a lot of encouraging flashes and moments, especially later on in the season. Um, and the schedule this year is not great. But I guess it could be worse with the turnover with Texas, with Baylor. They get Oklahoma State in Ames. Um, I don't believe, other than the Texas game, every game is on Saturday, which is a little disappointing. But, you know, Thursday night in, in Ames against Texas, we've seen weird things happen. Um, and the fact is that Iowa State, especially offensively, there's a ton of promise along the skill positions. And naturally sort of highlighted by Alan Lazard, but... Uh, you have to be optimistic at this point if you're Iowa State that they're going to be able to take a step forward offensively. Things are in place. Things seem to be a little bit more consistent than they've been probably over the past five or six years. Mm. So I'm encouraged by Iowa State. The non-conference schedule is not the worst. They don't have a big bear on there. You know, they have the the annual game with Iowa. But um, to go to Lubbock against Texas Tech, to Baylor under a changing regime, to Kansas State should be tricky. But um, we saw how they played some of the better teams on their schedule last year, and, and a couple of them, namely Kansas State and Oklahoma, were, were sort of lucky to get away with wins. So I think they take a step forward. I think that sounds about right. I think they could sneak into a bowl. That would be, uh, that would be great news uh, for Cyclone fans to hear that somebody on the national scene believes that they could get to six victories as well. They do have a wide receiver. Alan Lazard is his name. Mm-hmm. And is this kid destined to be a wideout in the NFL, or do you see him putting on pounds and then becoming a tight end? Yeah, he's a big body, and we're seeing even more in the NFL that sort of hybrid role, that big slot receiver Uh who is really good in the running game blocking. We saw Evan Ingram just get drafted by, I believe, the Giants. Um, And, yes, he could fall into a similar role like that. What's, What's interesting to me about Iowa State, and specifically Alan Lazard, is Obviously, on the college level, he's playing about 6'5", 225, so he is a kind of a tweener, but a good size. Uh, but the fact is, Iowa State has other receivers that teams are going to have to pay attention to. So we could see, and especially since Iowa State has a promising young quarterback in Jacob Park, that Alan Lazard is, is truly featured. Um, and you know we'll see sort of a, a route tree from him. We'll see different roles from him, and he won't constantly be dealing with double teams or teams solely focusing on him. So... I think he's positioned himself, and Matt Campbell has positioned the uh, the passing game in a nice place to uh, to feature Alan Lazard's talents moving forward. 
Dan Rubenstein joining us from the Solid Verbal Podcast as we take a look at some college football here. It is the offseason, Dan. As you know, that means we're looking for content. That means we uh, start talking about expansion. Even if there's no news, we make up news. We make it up. It's fake news all Absolutely. the time. Yeah. But, hey, when you got three hours of radio to fill every day during the summer months in the state of Iowa, you're always looking for something. Uh, what do you take away? You know, Notre Dame and ACC, that's been heated. O- Oklahoma to the Big Ten, all these things. We know nothing is imminent. Nothing's going to be happening within the next couple of years. But any credence to any of the rumors that are out there right now, or are they just what I said, summer filler? Uh, it seems like it's going to be summer filling, especially until TV contracts drop. And you're right, that doesn't happen in the next couple of years. I believe the first ones are in the, the early 2020s. So until that happens, I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement. Oklahoma, you know, every day it seems like they're attracted to a different conference. Who knows? Um, I think they just want the Big 12 to be in a better position TV-wise, team-wise. I'm not sure if that happens. But, yeah, I, I think the Big 12, that, that's the clear conference that – if one is going to fall apart or if there's a conference that teams are going to take teams from, it looks like it's going to be the Big 12. But I would have to say right now I would lean much more towards the Power 5 conferences growing rather than a Power 5 conference sort of dissipating. So I would look for the Big 12 to add, you know, whenever the TV contract is up, maybe the Pac-12 to get to that 14-team level as the sort of disparity between the have and have not conferences seems to widen. So nothing imminent, but I don't think we're done over the next, say, five to seven years. Yeah, but Dan, the Big 12 went out and scammed everybody. They, they, <laughs> they made everybody do a dog and pony show just for them, and then they told them to all take a hike. It's true. And what I would imagine, so the American, these past couple of years, you know, you're not defined by only a year or two, but the American has certainly taken a step up. But mm-hmm. the problem is, how do you keep good coaches in those smaller conferences when the big conferences come calling with a lot more money and, and a bigger stage, like we saw with, with Houston and Tom Herman in Texas? So until we get to the point where there is support for a school like Houston, a school like Tulane, a school like Memphis, who just lost their coach a couple of years ago, and Justin Fuente, it's it's hard to say that they are going to compete on equal footing and be a, a lock to join a conference like the Big 12 because the Big 12 just sort of, you're right, they, it felt like a scam. Like they were just yes. going to increase their footprint, but they couldn't defend adding any of those schools at that size. We know you like looking inside the crystal ball. <laughs> yes. The Big 12 has missed the playoff Poorly. two out of three years. <laughs> Fast forward to this year, doesn't it seem like typical Big 12 fashion? They bring back a championship game, even without divisions, and we're going to see an undefeated Oklahoma, one loss Oklahoma State, losing that championship game, and they get shut out of the playoff again. Doesn't that seem typical for the Big 12? Uh, I guess it depends specifically how Oklahoma plays, if they go undefeated or 11-12-1. Yeah, it it feels a little bit typical. The good thing is if if you're going to look at conference respect a lot of it comes down to how deep the conference is perceived to be and a lot of it also i think has to do with quarterbacks and looking at the game like these big name guys and maybe the big 12 hasn't had that these past few years but you have both quarterbacks returning at oklahoma oklahoma and oklahoma state excuse mm-hmm. me you have will greer starting in at west virginia jesse earth at kansas state tcu has familiar names shane bushell is back so if the big 12 fields the number of seven and five nine and three ten and two you know Teams that are staying relevant throughout the year with big names at quarterback, and you know we have a number of big coaches in the Big 12, I could see that shifting because the Pac-12 is entering into a weird season with new coach at Oregon, 
The Big Ten is, you know, not in the best place right now, even with Penn State looking really good, with mm-hmm. Michigan State being down. So I, I, looking forward with three months until the season, it's a good year to turn things around if you're the Big 12 with what else is happening in the sport. Is Baylor, with a couple of minutes left here, is Baylor really going to be a real anchor and drag down the Big 12? They could, from a human level. I think it's almost yes. a certainty. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't mean on the football field. I just mean, yeah. yes, on, on uh, nationally, the human level, yes. Sure. It's, it's tough to say what is actually going to happen from a perception standpoint because it's not a football issue specifically. You know, it's nothing that the NCAA can necessarily govern. It's, it's a human issue that, you know, the Big 12 doesn't have really any control over, and the best thing that they can do as a, as a school that has an athletic department and a football program. Specifically, Matt Rule has to do a great job just day-to-day overhauling everything, and that's, it's a near-impossible task. So uh, I think it's, it's not great that Baylor is on such a high-profile stage with the Big 12, given everything that's happened there. But it's a reality. But once football season starts, I don't think Baylor is going to be a factor that we're going to have to have uncomfortable conversations. I don't think they're going to start the year out like nine and one where we're going to have to say it's uncomfortable to root for Baylor or Mm -hmm. to sort of analyze Baylor. I just don't think they're going to be very good, which makes it easier to sort of talk about things off the field than relating it to football. Dan Rubenstein, the Solid Verbal Podcast, SB Nation on the Draft House 50 hotline. Dan, thanks as always for joining us here and best of luck for the big day for you coming up next week. Thank you very much. Always appreciate coming on. Absolutely. Dan Rubenstein taking the plunge, Jimmy B. No. Yes. Run, Dan, run. No, 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 Jimmy B. Just because you failed at marriage doesn't mean that everybody will fail at marriage. I don't know if I failed. Well, I mean, what's your batting average? All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll to the top of the hour, Jimmy B and TC. Uh, It's been a a good day today. Um, Let's kind of get into... What is on the agenda for you this evening, uh, yeah. Mr. Trent? Yes, sir. And uh, see where you will have the remote control, or is this the night where the wife dominates? No, 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 oh, okay. No, 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 that no. never happens in the Condon household. Very rarely. <laughs> very rarely. <laughs> right, yeah. Does the wife get control of the remote? Okay. No, uh, it will be, I'm starting with Celtics. Yeah. Celtics, Cavs. Yeah, that's it. It's in Boston. Right. I don't think either of us feel like Boston can win the series, but you know, can they win tonight? Well, they're at home. Yeah. They got momentum. The rust that we saw in game one from Golden State. Yes, we did see that. Uh, is that going to happen for Cleveland here? You're a little bit off. Uh, that crowd, boy, that Boston crowd game seven was that great. That was great. You know what was another great crowd? So uh, flipped over and watched the end of the hockey game last night. Yes, that Nashville. Nashville crowd was unbelievable. They're crazy, aren't they? <laughs> well, you have to remember too that they've never ever sure. advanced this far, right? Yeah, uh, in in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, so it, this is all brand new to them. It is, and yeah, it's not a pure hockey crowd, and it's not Chicago, right. it's not Toronto, it's, right? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, they're into they're, it. They're it loving. Was, it was a great environment. It was. They're loving life there. And Ella, her infatuation with hockey continued last night. Uh, we had some people over. We had a bye week for volleyball last night. Oh, okay. So you didn't, so we you had didn't team have to come play over. in the same. Yeah. So wait, what? You invited the team? We invited the team over, had Look some at you. wings. How come you didn't call your boy here? You're not on my team. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not on the team. Okay. You never get invited to the house. <laughs> Ella's birthday's coming up. 
Invite me your, for that. Don't hold your breath. I'll come as the clown. Oh, you are a clown. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But uh, they were playing outside, and yeah. uh, we got out one of you know those inflatable water things. And sure. Other, so our teammates, both couples, uh, also have kids that are around the same age. Okay. Uh, one of the little guys, he's like two weeks younger than Ella, and then another one a few months younger. And so all about the same age range. They're out there playing. Come inside and uh, got to change her out of her wet clothes. And the hockey game just happened to be on. Okay. She, hockey, hockey, hockey. Are you serious? She, she really? She it as well. But, so we did were she, entertaining. Did, even with all those, all with those distractions, going on, she still hockey, looked at hockey, the team hockey. on hockey, hockey. Yeah. That's great. She's all about it. That's all about great. It. But uh, So I didn't really watch it start to finish. Okay. But everybody started to check out. I had to get the little ones to bed. And I'm flipping around, get back to the hockey game. Perfect timing. Four minutes to go right as the penalty is oh, given out. okay. Get to see the power play, see the goal, yes. watch the end of the game, the pulling the goal. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect yeah. timing last night uh, for the hockey. But, you know, the, the Boston crowd tonight, back to what we originally started with, with, yes. with the Celtics and Cavs tonight, I mean, you expect a great crowd. It should be nuts. Yeah. Uh, look, they, they don't like Cleveland, and rightfully so. Cleveland doesn't like Boston, and rightfully so. And they will boo LeBron every time he touches the ball, uh, and it'll be fun. It really will be fun. Look, we knew what the story was going to be last night. I hardly even paid much attention to the game. I, I just knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Tonight, totally different. Because if Boston is going to win one on their home court, mm-hmm. I agree with you. We don't know yet if we're going to get rust by the Cavaliers right. or rest mm-hmm. by the Cavaliers. That's now, the difference right there. And for a one game off, that, that's kind of what you're looking at yes. just for this game. Yeah. In the end, though, the rest is a good thing. Even if they oh. do come out rusty, yeah. the rest for that team, a- the abso- rest for LeBron absolutely, yes. is an incredibly important thing. And, and as it looks like now, more than likely we're going to see, at the very least, a 4-1 series win for the Warriors, if not a complete sweep of that series, you know, they're going to come in rested and ready to go, too. Yeah. And for the Cavs. Do you know what happens? Because the NBA Finals, the dates are already set, right? Oh, okay. I, I believe that's the case. I think the date is already set for the NBA Finals this year. I want to check, but we could have a long layoff here. If we get a couple of sweeps or a couple of 4-1s. A lot of uh, time in between before the Finals begin. Is that it? Yeah. I'm looking here. Okay. Da-da-da. NBA fine yeah and they and they already have the the dates are set in stone is the, that it they are the date start game one will be June first okay so June first which is a Thursday correct we if we finish this thing up quickly so if you're saying if if the Warriors win four. And the Cavs win in four or five. Yeah. Okay. So Warrior Spurs game four is Monday, May twenty second. May twenty second. We're talking about ten days off. Wow. For the Warriors if they sweep. And if the Cavs would sweep, yes. It's just a day different. They They'd have play nine game days four. off. Yeah. On wow. um, Tuesday, May twenty third. So you got a week and a half of build up. This isn't the Super Bowl here, right? Let's let's get this thing started. Yeah. People will be chomping at the bit. The teams will be chomping at the bit. But they won't do it, will they? Not for TV. Yeah. I mean, that, ABC. That's the schedule set. ABC, you know, they, they, they put that schedule in knowing that they're going to own those nights mm-hmm. when those two teams play. And 
Look, it's when you look at it right now, does Boston have a chance to upset Cleveland? Yeah, they got a chance. To win the series or the game? Yeah, to, yeah, to win the series. No. They got a chance. Every team has a, a chance. chance. That's yeah, all I mean, I'm saying. LeBron tears his yeah, ACL. Yes, yeah, yes. something okay, happened. Yeah, okay. But, but, it, but, but straight be, up. Be a straight up. It's not. not happening. No. It's not happening. LeBron is playing on a totally different planet than anybody else right now. And without Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs are useless. And they don't have Tony Parker either. So they're just – the game last night was just god-awful, mm-hmm. and we thought it would be. And it, it was. And it lived up to the no-hype yeah. that it was going to be a lousy. And if Leonard can play – now, they don't play the Spurs. They don't play again until this Saturday night, I believe. Okay. So if that's the case, that's a long time off for Kawhi Leonard to uh, maybe try to get that ankle back. Look – the time that he had off and he didn't play in game six against Houston, he came back. He looked terrific. Mm-hmm. Trent, he was dominating on both ends of the floor, Kawhi Leonard was, until he rolled it not once, but twice. Right. And the second one is the one that sat him down. I did not realize <laughs> that if both of these teams sweep Golden State and Cleveland, that it would be that long until they began the finals. <laughs> Looking at a long layoff. Wow. And, uh, that That's unbelievable. Be, it's going to be a tough week for Jimmy B with no NBA. Oh, man. You're not kidding, especially when you got the two teams that right. everybody wanted to sign up for at the beginning of oh, the season. Oh, and the hype and the build-up, yeah. and it is going to become tiresome. Yes. And we will try to stay away from that. We'll talk about it, but we're not going to beat you over no, the we won't. No, because... we won't do that. Not until it's upon us. Right. That's exactly. It. June 1st is wow. when the NBA Finals will start. So I was taking a peek here, and yeah. I heard this yesterday. Okay. Uh, the Cavaliers, just to win the series. Yes. Uh-oh. Series price. This this might be a nope, uh, nope, degenerate. Not, uh... Nope, nope. Not going to be touching this okay. one. But I, I was just shocked by it. The Cavs are favored to win the series. No surprise there. Over Boston, yes. Over Boston, even though they don't have home court. No surprise. Do you know how much they're favored by? <sighs> to win the series. To win the series. I yeah. did not even investigate that number. I'm sorry, I did not. They were yesterday minus seven hundred. That means you have to lay seven hundred dollars to win a hundred. To win a hundred, oh. it's up to seven fifty today. As I look at oh. it, Jim, can you ever remember a playoff series? And it doesn't matter the sport where a team to win a series, not win a game, yeah, win a series without home court advantage, has been favored like this. I don't remember the number. And I'm sure that it wasn't as high as this. But was it in the NBA Finals, the 76ers and the... No, it was the New Jersey Nets against the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe and... But they didn't have home court advantage. No, they did not. That's no. what I'm talking... With home court with advantage. Home court advantage. I, don't think there, I don't think there's anything close to this. Wow. I mean, wow. at best, you might see a team that doesn't have home court, you know, land one fifty series, price, yeah. something like that. Minus seven fifty. That's nuts. I mean, it's it's incredible. Absolutely. Now, nuts. will anybody be stupid enough to lay their money down on that just to try to win a hundred bucks? Well, go back to Game Six of the Western Conference Semis with the Spurs and the Rockets, and there was a guy that bet. I want to say it was something like he bet on the Rockets because of the Kawhi injury and him not playing in Game Six. Oh, okay. And it was in Houston, 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, easy money, right? Yeah, well, you would have thought so until James Harden was a no-show. And Rockets were favored by a lot, so he had to put a lot of money up. And I want to say that he bet like thirty six thousand to win five thousand back or something. Wow! And of course, lost. It. Lost it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. There's people out there that do that. That's nuts. Go with the big favorites. That's you, Jimmy B. I'm sometimes not, it bites you in the rear. Sometimes, not all the time. A lot of times, I'm correct, Amundo. But yeah. uh, I can't wait though for tonight. I really want to see which Cleveland team we get: the rust or. Mm-hmm. The rest. That'll be interesting. You watching any hockey tonight? I will. Yes, I will. Now that this series is uh, even between Pittsburgh and uh, Ottawa, and they've both been one-goal games. Mm-hmm. So this this will be fun. Um, I, I think that, I mean, you, if you're the NHL, you definitely do not want Ottawa in. Right. You'll take either Anaheim or Nashville, but you want Pittsburgh in the final mm-hmm. to give yourself a chance to draw eyeballs to the screens. Although, I did see where the NHL playoffs are up in the ratings. Really? Yeah, on the NBC Sports Network, which, you know, you can only be so happy about that. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. Hey, look. Ella's watching. Did she get a diary? Did she? Uh, no, no, not. Did she mark hockey, 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 hockey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'd really pump up those numbers if she had a book. But Pittsburgh Ottawa tonight. Yeah, you know I'm going to be. Uh, I'll be uh, seated comfortably. Yep. And uh, both games on. Going to the bar is what you're saying. Well, I didn't say that. Well, but... I said it for you. Yeah, you did. It doesn't need to be said. No, I guess anymore. not. Everyone yeah. knows. But that'll be it. Uh, baseball tonight. The Cubs finally uh, get back on the winning track. Woo-hoo! What a game! Yay! Beat Cincinnati. And, and this is a time where it feels like, all right, if they're going to get right, this is the time to do it. Yeah, uh-huh. Cincinnati, it's a 10-game homestand that they have uh, coming up here. Cincinnati, the Reds were a decent team to start the year, but I, I think we know some of the limitations with that team Yes, overall. we do. This is a get-right series. You got Milwaukee coming in after that. The Brewers, another one of those teams that's a good story, but right. these are the teams you need to beat. Yes. You know, these are the times that you go out and you win two out of three, pull a sweep off those We like to call them slump busters. Yes, slump yes, busters. This is a slump buster here. Mark Grace talked about slump busters in a different kind yes, of way. Yes, he did. Well, you got to have those once in a while, too. Well, sure, of course. Everybody <laughs> needs a slump buster. And then the Giants after that, who we know are just not playing just, very no, well. They're not. So this is a 10-game homestand. Get right. I mean, you sign up for 7-3 and three right now if you're a Cubs fan. I would I, think so. I think so. you would. Yeah. I think you would. You're already at one. You hope for more, but 7-3, and three, get back on the right track, get on the right side of 500, and then kind of roll out from there. But the bats are uh, starting to come alive a little bit more for the Cubs that's good to see. I'll be keeping an eye on that one tonight. Okay. Um, well, that one will be on when I when I'm relaxing and I have four big monitors right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll have the Cubs game on the NBA, the hockey, and then what other baseball game they decide to have on. So uh, I will ask: Are the Twins playing tonight? They are. I will ask them to see if they will put the Twins game on, just well, because, and I can say, hey, look. My boy is a fan here, so he told me I had to watch. No, I don't say you have to do anything, but it is a battle of first-place teams. It is. Yeah, the Rockies. Yeah. And uh, Rockies got them last night. Coming up here right after, uh, well, in fact, at 2.45 will be the first pitch. So right around the corner, we get Clayton Kershaw against Johnny Cueto this afternoon. That's great. Is that where you're going to be doing yeah. your at this afternoon? That could be it, yeah. Maybe an early run to the could, bar? Could be. Stop for one cocktail before you go home. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Kershaw Cueto is good. That's good. And it's Dodgers Giants. Yes, the yeah, Giants it's always good. good. It's right. always entertaining when yep. it's Dodgers Giants. So Jimmy B's got his afternoon plan. I'm set to go. Pal. No golf balls. Plus the, no, the weather's going to be right, lousy right. probably. So no, this will probably be. Did uh, you get your work it, workout in already? I did. All right, yep. so you're good there. It just came. Can you? I just Look came from that. the shower. So Jimmy I, yep. B is straight to I'm, the bar. I'm smelling good too. By three o'clock, three o oh. probably three o eight. Yeah, you can find Jimmy B. Better. Bellied up. I uh, might be three oh seven thirty. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know how you like to jet around in that sports car, so uh, that could be the case as well. Yankees at Kansas City. Keep an eye on that. I one. will because it's the Yankees. Yeah, that's I, why. Yeah. yeah, and KC. KC though had a good series over the weekend, but yeah, it's it's about the rebuild. How, Jason Vargas starts tonight. Have mm-hmm. you seen his numbers that he's offered? no uh uh-uh. uh his ERA. He's five and one. Okay. Which, Kansas City has a whole. How many wins they got this year? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. They're sixteen to twenty-two. He's got five of those wins. Wow. And on top of it, his ERA is one point zero one. That's tremendous. Jason Vargas. We're talking Clayton Kershaw. Jason Vargas. Yeah. Yeah, it's a small sample size. It's seven starts. Whatever it Most is. Most people would probably go who? Right. One point zero one ERA. Think the Yankees get to him tonight? I think they're licking their chops to yeah. have an opportunity to hit him. You know, Vargas is not a overpowering. Oh, no, pitcher. he's not. Doesn't but bust he's, it up he's there. He's very accurate. Yeah, places him very well. Hits the corners. As they like to say in the baseball vernacular, "Paint the plate." So crazy, Jason you know. Vargas. That, I know. Um, another thing, then I wanted to bring this to you before we were done today. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't going to bring it up in the middle of the show, so I waited uh, till the end. So that way, if you started yelling at me, I could just tell you to go suck one and get <laughs> out of here. Uh, there's a new movie coming out. A movie? Yes. Huh? Uh-huh. I haven't been to a movie theater in years. Well, you should go to this. Okay. Okay, because it is a movie, and it stars Emma Stone. And Steve Carell. Okay, Emma Stone, she's the girl that's got the funky eyes, right? Yeah. She's, yeah, kind of looks bug-eyed, a little goofy looking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I ever described her quite like that. At she's any got rate. an odd look to her. She's cute, but a little odd. At, at any Maybe see, a slump you're not, buster. You're not getting... <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes. Yes. All right. And do you know what that movie will, will be about? Uh, will that be Riggs versus... Billy Jean, Jean King. King. Yes. Yeah. 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 So is it a comedy? I have no clue. You got Steve Carell in Yeah, it. I know. No, he's played serious and he's And he's playing Bobby Riggs. Who was so pretty entertaining. He was, enter- he was an entertaining dude. All right, Jimmy B. Let's hop in the way back machine with you. Look at those sound effects. Yeah, that's pretty good. As we go back to 1973? Right in there. I've got to see if Is I'm it right. three or four? All right. No, no, uh-uh. No, it's 76, seven. Right in there. It was, da, da, da. Well, it started in 1973. He was one of the world's top tennis players of the 1940s, Bobby he, Riggs. Bobby was. Riggs was, yes, he was. Um, he played. He was 55 when. But he it played. was 73 that he first opined that the female game was inferior. Yes, and that at age 55 he could beat the top female player. So no, it did happen. 73. I was right. Okay, I was right, Jimmy. All right. Is it? Was it? Did they play that match in 73? Is that where he played Margaret Court, who was the number one female player at that time, and beat her handily? 
It was held in the Astrodome. That's correct. Then it was 73. That's Billie Jean King in the Astrodome. September okay, 73. See, look at that, Jimmy B. Look at you pull that, that one. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. So this, <laughs> I love this part. Yeah. Riggs was given $50,000 to wear a yellow sugar daddy yeah. jacket during the match. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sugar daddy. That takes me back now, if as well. You've, if you've never seen the highlights of it, it's tremendous the way that they hype this. Uh-huh. Trent, there were over 50,000 people. You can't even see the tennis ball from the second deck. 50,000 people at the Astrodome to watch Riggs and Billie Jean King play. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And you can it's on the web, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you can go back and relive it. They carried Billie Jean King in on like what the pharaohs used to okay. use. And coming in on a throne. On the throne. Carried yes. in. Yes. All right. Yeah. And then she wins in straight sets. And um you know, Riggs Riggs was a self promoter and He's old. And he was old. He was old. He's old. So, I mean, look, at 55, he could still get around the court. Right. But she was like 29. Yeah. And was coming off like winning another Wimbledon championship. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the woman could really play. So she beat him straight sets. Now, I always have heard that there are many people out there that believe that Riggs threw the match. That has been reported, You know, yes. there was a lot of unforced errors, I remember hearing. Yes. Um, she she left a lot of shots short where Riggs probably could have got to and just put it away, and he didn't. Correct. Do you buy into that theory at all that this, though in the beginning it started as just a, a line from Riggs, yeah. and it went to this level, and then maybe they got together and said... Let's make this right. You're right. We'll maybe probably make a little more money for the I mean, because, yeah, was Riggs would've... a chauvinist? Yes, sure. But he he loved money. Yeah, more okay. than anything, he was yeah. a businessman. So if he takes cash in his in the uh, in the bag, left at a locker at the airport, right? And here's the key. Yeah, I'll take the dump for this. And what's the better story? Oh, it's better story, of course, is Billie Jean winning. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a story you can sell. If it would have happened that way, Riggs wins the match, would we be talking about it today? Absolutely not. No. They wouldn't be making a movie about it? No, they would not have. You know, all these different parts of it. Uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy that story. They, there's been some documentaries done about it. I think I saw one years ago. Yeah. Maybe on HBO. Could have been. A decade ago, something yeah. like that. I think that's where some of my memories pop up from. But uh, So there's a movie coming out. When's it come out, Jimmy B? Um, they haven't said when it's coming out. Battle so let me see sexes. if it's on the... Uh, I just I just saw it on the uh, Twitter. And uh-huh. it, it, I don't think it lists when it's due yet. No, It I, is scheduled to be released September 22nd. Okay. Not, not until September. So I got a little while. Also in it, you got Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Sarah Silverman's in it. Yeah, all right. Good actors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going. They're going to make this legit. And it's going to be. There's going to be some funny elements. Oh, there will be. Yeah, you know, with and look, Riggs was funny as it was anyway. Mm -hmm. He was a character, and I mean, he would make people laugh while he's playing the match. But in the forties, I mean, Riggs was a top male tennis player in the world. Gotcha. And we all know what Billie Jean King has meant to the world of tennis, so mm-hmm. uh, that's undeniable. But it's it, it was such a 
an event. That's see, that's the difference. It was sports, Trent, but it was an event because nobody had ever seen this before. Mm-hmm. Even though he had played Margaret Court, there wasn't really TV of it, and it wasn't hyped like this is. Yeah, and Billy Jean, he came after Billy Jean after he destroyed Margaret Court, and she accepted it. And then she went on like a media type tour and just trashed him. Mm-hmm. And she was a good talker as well. And so they could kind of go back and forth. Yes, a bit. they did. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's what made it. Maybe that's why it it got to event status. So you got me interested here. Okay. I told you I haven't been into a movie theater in a long time. I, I guess <laughs> you've been, you've missed a lot. Well, how about you come over and watch the kid and me and Terrell go to a movie? No, I don't want that. <laughs> I've heard about your babysitting skills. <laughs> Come on. She doesn't do that anymore. You don't have to worry. Uh, I don't have to change poop pants anymore. Oh, yeah. She's. she's, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. She's not even two yet, Jimmy B. You think she's potty trained already? Yeah, come on. Get up. Chop, chop. Get on with it here. That's Tara's summer project when she's off. And, uh, yeah, that'll be fun coming home to that every night, I'm sure. Uh, Let's see. Summer movies. What else has got you fired up? I was just taking a peek through here. I'm going to watch. I'm going to go see the King Arthur movie. The King Arthur movie. I heard that's awful. Oh. I've heard terrible things about about that okay. already. Then, then maybe I won't then. There's a new Alien movie coming out. Yeah, Covenant, yeah. I've heard that's. I've heard good things about that. Okay. We'll not go to the theater to see it, though. Oh, the Jimmy B story's coming out. Oh, excellent. Uh, May 19th. Got it. Week from Friday, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Baywatch, May 25th. <laughs> now that, you'll, you'll go see I that because it's go got the rock I will go see You're that because it looks absolutely ridiculous. There's a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie coming out. How I many can, can they do? I haven't seen one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, Captain Ump- Underpants is coming out this summer. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Wonder Woman. See, now, do you find that interesting? Not really. Not really. Where's your cartoonness? Where's yeah, your, I, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a new Mummy coming out, with this one with Tom Cruise. Okay. That's in June. I find that one to be uh, interesting. Always a fan of the Mummy movies. Now, here's the first one that uh, gets me fired. Up. Okay. All Eyes on Me, a biopic about the life of Tupac Shakur. I will. You will go see that. I, I will know if I'll Did go see Did you go see, see Straight Outta Compton? Yes. Well, okay. I didn't go see it. I but saw you, but you it saw it. Came it. Out, okay, yeah. got it. Yep. All Probably right. same thing here. All right, we got a comedy rough night with Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Could be good. It's like Bridesmaids beats Very Bad Things. Yeah, I, I oh, can yeah. see that one. Yeah. That's not bad. New Transformers movie. Good God. Oh, God. How many of those can they ideas? make? Please. <laughs> I thought they killed off Optimus Prime. Uh, a new Despicable Me movie. Yeah, the kids will like oh, that yeah. one. Will Ferrell's got a movie coming out. New Spider-Man? Good God. Is it just a, a new Planet of the Apes? No. Oh, is there really a new Planet of the War Apes? War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh. In the third chapter of this successful rebooted ape saga... Caesar leads his apes into an epic battle with the human colonel, Woody Harrelson, (laughs) and begins to rethink his philosophy as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Oh, that'll be awesome. You're in on that one. Yeah, I liked the last one. Yeah? It was good. Uh, Let's see. The Emoji Movie. Well, you know what an emoji is, though sometimes... One time Wolfgang sent a tweet with an emoji in it, a yeah. smiley face. Yeah. And you didn't know what it no, was. No, you know what it was? It was like a underscore and a couple of dots. That, that's that's what an emoji well, is. Well, I didn't know that. No, you didn't. Well, there's a movie coming out about it, so maybe... Uh, Are those those goofy little things you can use on your smartphone? Yes. I exactly. don't have that. Yes, you don't have a smartphone. You have an iPad, though. You could use it on there. 
Uh, let's see what else we Why got. Why would I watch an emoji movie? The, I have no idea. The Hitman's Bodyguard with mm. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh. That's an August movie. Okay. Yeah, there we go. That, that gets right. us to August. So, uh, summer movies, yeah. what, what's the one that you're most pumped up about? You seem pretty pumped up about the Planet of the Apes one. I am. I really like I really like that, that series. Over Wonder Woman? No. No. Wonder Woman gets you going. It does, but not over Planet of the Apes. Gotcha. And I and I will go see the Mummy because I like you know scary stuff, action stuff. I yeah. like that stuff. You know that's that keeps you awake in the theater. And for as goofy as Tom Cruise is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. still, yeah, he still does yeah. a good job. I, I yeah. saw, I don't know, one of the later Mission Impossible movies was it probably two years ago? Yes, that came out. I'm like, yeah. Was it Ghost Protocol? Is I that the I one? Don't you don't remember? But which I just one? remember it's like it was. Really it's exactly good. what you expect. Yeah. Tom Cruise doing Tom Cruise things. Yeah. He still does that. Is he a whack job? Absolutely. But yeah. it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that's that. That's okay. Yeah. And the guy looked good in his underwear well, a long time ago. That's right up your alley. <laughs> no, I am not the underwear king. Captain Underpants over there. <laughs> Another movie Jimmy B is going to see. That will do it for the program today. We went off the rails here we late. We did. We have sorry. Yeah, movies. We will get back to sports tomorrow. Back at it at noon. Enjoy your afternoon and evening, everybody.